Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. In the year 1997, the world ended. That was a while ago. Yeah. 23 year anniversary of the world ending. Well, that, what, what was the day? You know the day. August 29th, 1997. See, so we're a little past it. Yeah, I went to, I think I mentioned this when we did our T1, I watched T2 in the cinema on the 20th anniversary of Judgment Day. So it's 2017. Right, okay. Oh, 29th, 2017. Yeah, yeah. They did like a 3D re-release. Right, this, this is the Terminating Man First Blood Part 2 today. Yeah, boy. <laughs> uh, straight up my favorite film of all time. T2 if you want to make it short. Uh, this is Terminator Matt. 2, Judgment Day. <laughs> Spelled wrong. Radio. Oh, in the original credit. No, no. They in, fixed it, didn't they? Oh, no, the first you one. guys spell it wrong. Uh, we just Judgment call. has an E after the G. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not in Hollywood. No. Sorry, I was trying to introduce myself. This is Matt. This is Luke. Welcome to our judgmental sci-fi sanctuary. Yeah, we're judging you, listener. <laughs> Go do something useful with your life. Turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> this, um, this, this was an early multiplex movie for me, but like in the, in the countryside, we were visiting my aunt who lives by the beach in Delaware. So I rocked this one out in Delaware for the first time in like a um, you know, new mall shoebox cinema. Right. But it was, of course, still highly impressive. I think I probably saw in the theater more than once, to be honest. <laughs> I didn't see it in the theater until I went to that repeat showing, because I was two when this came out. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was um, that John Connor age. Well, I was the John Connor real age, which looks about 12. They call him 10 in this movie. Seems a little older than 10. It's got that yeah, tween somewhere vibe. in that area, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I definitely felt... John Connor's exact age when watching this movie. So right. even if technically, I guess it was a touch older. I mean, hell, I, Edward Furlong, I think, is the same age, so it works out. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to double check that, but he certainly seems about the same age. Um, but yeah, you know, you know, this this was in 1992 or late 1990. Yeah, uh, yeah, late 91, 92. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic was my favorite album. This was my favorite movie. Wow, the Chili Peppers been going that long? Yeah, they've been going since the mid-80s. The fuck? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Flea's one of those baby blood drinkers, I guess. Yeah. Anthony Kiedis looking weird these days. He's got that porn stash. Yeah, I guess I, I always think of them as being like a 2000s band. Yeah, their uh, guitar player is much younger than the rest, who yeah. recently rejoined. But now he's older. He's like in his late 40s now, so they're, they're becoming, you know, the fuddy-duddy stone sort of thing. Yeah? Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Anyway, 90, for me, like 91, 92, that's just Terminator 2 and Blood Sugar Sex Magic. That's like, you know, maybe I guess it was a year later, he had a Siamese dream of Smashing Pumpkins. But uh, this, was, this was definitely the movie. Is it my favorite now? Not really. Um, this is another one I'll, I'll kind of rank up to Big Lebowski Syndrome. Like I was almost like, like halfway through, I was like, 
you know, there's still like an hour and 20 minutes. I'm like, I don't really have to finish this, which I did, of course, because it's a good movie. But it's like um, most of the beats were just very clear to me. <laughs> I think I did have a period of that. Mm. I guess, like, in my teens when I had my own DVDs and could just watch films whenever I wanted again, I watched this one quite a few times. And I guess I didn't watch it for a little while there. I did have a girlfriend who was kind of in Terminator, so we watched it a few times together. Then I, just, I guess I didn't watch it for a couple of years. Um, and I saw it that one time in the theatre, and again last night. So I'm only watching it on like a, a three-yearly basis at the moment. It's been quite a while since I actually sat down and got through the whole thing. I think I've told you I've, I've had reasonably regular views of the first Terminator. Mm. Like, but um, this one, I guess, I, I, it was probably to the point where we were like, you know, watching it like once a week for a while, right. you know? So that definitely will run it down in yeah, the end. As I said on T1, when I was a child, and I mean like young, like three and four, this was daily. <laughs> Terminator 2 or Commando. Yeah, three or four, yeah, that's pretty wild. Maybe Terminator, maybe Raw Deal, <laughs> just because those are the ones we had. We, I think Conan, I didn't like Conan as much. Nobody likes Conan as much. Except for, like, real sword and sandal people. Yeah, which I wasn't at that age. So, <laughs> that's a big part of why it's my absolute favorite film of all time. <laughs> also, it just reminds me of my grandmother, because she was the one I would sit and watch it with. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fav- It's a lot of people's favorite film of all time, even now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's just really fucking good. It's just... This is the peak of, like, the big blockbuster action film, but still actually relying on a plot. Yes. Most of the action here, apart from the coincidence of turning up at a steel belting plant at the end with a cryo tank, <laughs> but for the most part, it feels like things are happening because the plot makes them happen. Whereas even today, I love films like, you know, the Transformers and stuff. Stuff happens because Michael Bay thought it would look cool. <laughs> and the plot, maybe they'll write it into the plot, maybe they just won't bother. Well, it's like now your climax or your big set pieces can be like anything you want, you write the movie around them. Mm. Whereas in the past, you know, there were a lot more limitations. Right, there's definitely that. This being a limitation-breaking film. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, I think they pushed a lot of what people thought the limits were for this one. I mean, the sequel was pretty much on track like shortly after the first one. The technology just wasn't there. Right. Even with the Abyss basically being kind of a demo piece for this. Yeah, 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 definitely. But I think it also helps the story that they left so long between them. Yeah, yeah, Because it means you get a very different story, right? Where you've got an actual John and everything. They actually needed to leave a little more, right? Because this movie was already in, like, the kind of near future. Yeah, they said it a couple years after when it actually came out. Yeah, it's about 96, I think, right? Yeah, I've I've often heard the comment, like... um, Terminator's done the best job of showing the future ever because it just looks the same as today. <laughs> <laughs> the one other thought is this, this, was, this was a straight-up R uh, rating uh, in America, but in my mind, it just feels PG-13. It slowly crept down, because I think it was an 18 at one point in the UK, that it was a 15 on the videotape I bought. I feel like it's a 12 if I buy it now. I think it's still an R in America. Like, I mean, Terminator 3, the, the, one of the big deals there was, oh, it's PG-13. It's, like, watered down. Whereas yeah. this one was not, but all the kids went to see it anyway. I guess I, as long as your parents came along, nobody cared. In the, but in my head, it's, it's T1 was 18, T2 was 15, and then T3 was 12. Yeah, I think it's... But state. this one, it's still, you're kind of surprised. Like, oh, there's still a lot of, like, F-bombs in here. Yeah, but I guess there's no titties and the gore's not quite as gory. There's some gore, though. Like, like you said, um, with, with Dark Fate, Carrie was the first one to really, like, <laughs> carry the gore line back through. Yeah, yeah, well, I think 
after we've done some T2 chatting, we'll do a whole segment on which sequel is the real sequel. Yeah. <laughs> um, shall we do the story then? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. On August 29, 1997, Skynet turned on mankind. The survivors of the nuclear fire called it Judgment Day, and they lived to face a new nightmare, the war with the machines. John Connor is the man who led humanity to victory against the mechanical menace, and in a last-ditch attempt to save itself, Skynet sends two Terminators back through time, a T-800 model to 1984 to kill John's mother Sarah before he's even born, and a T-1000 unit to the year 1995 to kill John as a tween. The Resistance send back some soldiers of their own. Kyle Reese goes back to the 80s to get laid and get slayed, and a reprogrammed T-800 Model 101 is sent to help John. In 1995, things aren't looking so hot. Sarah is in a mental institution after trying to blow up Cyberdyne, and John is living with some lame foster parents. The two Terminators both track John to the Galleria, where the T-800 is able to safely escort him away on a stolen Harley Davidson. John uses his new robot buddy to help bust Sarah out of the mental hospital. They activate the T-800's ability to learn and flee to Mexico. After loading up on munitions, Sarah grills the Terminator for knowledge about Miles Bennett Dyson, who will go on to create Skynet. Right now, Dyson is a neglectful family man who dreams of making a chip that can fly planes using the remains of the Terminator from the 80s. Sarah rushes off to take him out, but can't bring herself to pull the trigger. John and his Terminator follow, and are able to convince Dyson to destroy his life's work. They travel to Cyberdyne, wreak havoc, have a confrontation with the police, Dyson dies, and the others escape, and they are pursued by the T-1000 to a steel plant. The T-1000 is melted, and the remains of the original T-800 are destroyed too. Our new robot friend has finally learned the value of human life, and so he takes the hot bath as well. Finally, the Connors face the future with a sense of hope. There is no fate they have three or four different sequels to choose from. You know what we were uh, really excited about when this came out? Gone? It's had the new Guns N' Roses song. <laughs> oh, you could be mine, right? You could be mine, yeah. That was a big deal at the time. Yeah. I think those are the first cassette tapes I bought, other than Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> but yeah, use your illusion one or two. They're, they're not very good albums. My first cassette tapes were Bob the Builder and Eiffel, Tower, Eiffel 65's Blue. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, weirdly, that one seems to have mostly passed me by the radar, but, uh... I'm blue, no. dabu-dee, dabu-da, Because it was a big deal, like, because yeah. the appetite for destruction, it's like four years later, you know, when, when Schwarzenegger's in the Galleria, you know, he's got the guns and the roses, right? Yep. <laughs> it's, like, really weird and hacky and obvious. <laughs> See, because I'm so far removed from it now, it, it doesn't seem like a dumb thing. It's like, yeah, he hides his gun in a thing of roses, makes sense. 
Well, no, it makes sense. I mean, you <laughs> put in a bag or something too, but you know, the, the point was clear in that, yeah. in that case. Um, we well, did Total Recall. I was kind of putting that, I mean, T2 is, I guess, most people's prime Schwarzenegger. I, I tend to take it just a touch over to Total Recall myself. I mean, there are two reasons I like this one more. The first is just, I want to be friends with a robot. He's more straight up the good guy in this one. And I think Schwarzenegger's at his best when he plays the Terminator. Yeah, well, that, that was kind of the bugaboo in this movie. It's like they need to do a Terminator because the first one was quite successful, but the Terminator is absolutely the villain. So how do we, how do we shift that? Here is the biggest problem with Terminator 2. No one on earth saw it the way you're meant to see it. Yeah, everyone knew that. Right, I, but the first 20 minutes of this film deliberately leaves it vague whether Schwarzenegger's a good guy or a bad guy. But I think he'd already made it clear in interviews and exactly, stuff. Exactly, so. that's what I mean. So <laughs> no one got to see this film how you're meant to see it. <laughs> because the film is made as if you don't know. Right. right. But all the press, all the commercials, all the trailers completely fucked this film. Yeah. Well, I, the first 20 minutes, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, just, it's because it is a really good twist. Because he shows up, he like beats up a bunch of dudes and steals their class, like he's still a bad Terminator. He stalks around acting like a bad Terminator. You don't explicitly see that the T-1000 is a machine for right. a while, because you don't see him change into the cop. You just assume he stole his clothes, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I definitely remember going to the theater. I, of course, you know, I was 12. We were looking at Fangoria's and Starlogs, and I mean, no internet to speak of at that point. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they deliberately made the trailers to like explain, look, the T1, the Schwarzenegger's come off an assembly line, so there can be another one. <laughs> and, oh, look, this one's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, yeah, if you went into the film not knowing that, then that final moment when like they're both at John and then it's the T-800 T that saves him, you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> because the Terminator's never really a bad guy again. I mean, at least Arnie's version isn't. Uh, salvation. Well, I was going to say at the end, but I mean, that doesn't, he wasn't there. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, and then T-3, he gets reprogrammed briefly. Oh, right, yeah. But well, that, the start that's a of Dark Fate. Okay. And in Genesis, you see the one from the 80s. So uh, every, every sequel to T2 gives you a little bit of a bad T-800, but not much. Right. <laughs> I guess this one gives you none of it. No? Yeah. Well, I mean, other than Sarah thinking he's the bad guy. Mm. And you see a photo of the one from the 80s. <laughs> so there you go. You always get a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> this is Linda. This is definitely Linda Hamilton's peak. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> well, she's... Um, we're talking about, what film was it recently? Not Dark Fate? <laughs> no, there was, there was something where they were talking about, oh, like, oh, shooting a woman like she's an actual hero, blah, blah, blah. But, like, T2, it starts with that shot of her, like, doing them pull-ups. <laughs> and, like, at no point is she presented as you were meant to find her attractive. She's just a fucking badass for this film. I did notice something, though, when she's having her Kyle Reese dream sequence. Mm in the um, psych ward. Oh, here comes a, a large one, two large ones. Yeah, Luke's apartment just has banging outside, so we've been trying to um, recompensate it. It's not quite working. Although we are sat surrounded by like little children's rocking horse things, so it feels like they should all be on fire. Yeah, yeah, that works for the, no swings. I think we need some swings too, but. Yeah, that squeak of the swings is yeah. what we need. There's some other squeaks elsewhere. I mean, I guess just like, Loud machinery is kind of appropriate for the Terminator. I'm not gonna complain. Oh, where was I? I was just noticing um, in her psych ward dream sequence with um, Kyle Reese in the in the um, special edition, right? Mm. Which is what we were watching. Um, she does have like kind of a slip, like 
like not like a psych ward thing in that dream. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't. And also, um, when we finally see the full dream and she's looking at the children, she sees herself in like the Terminator 1 waitress outfit. In the worst 80s hair ever. Yeah, because yeah, you can't redo really it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Linda Hamilton is phenomenal in this film. And like she goes so far the extra mile that that's why none of the other Sarah Connors matched up after her. Is this the John Connor? It matches up. I mean, <laughs> you mean the John Connor we briefly see in the opening? Oh, well, yeah, that's the best older John Connor, isn't right, it? Right. Yeah. But um, well, yeah, because you don't, you can't see older John Connor. We didn't say anything. It doesn't work exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm talking about John Connors we actually get to know on screen. I mean, this is still the best one. Yeah, well. I kind of like him. It does. What they like, what I like about him is. He has, like, Sarah's strength, but he's not a machine. Yeah, he's, he's not jaded like yeah, she is. Yeah, his, his power, which presumably is what would have made him so effective in the future, is, like, his hopefulness and his friendliness. Well, in ingenuity. That's how he would have united. I mean, he already powers. has the ingenuity in this movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, his, his, his like, pin code hacking, which yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I still know. Well, how and it was works. his idea to activate the switch on the Terminator as well in the extent Yeah, he's issue. making strategic decisions even as like a whatever, I guess 11 year old would be the right yeah. thing since we've but now targeted 95. Because he's being deliberately raised that way by Sarah, but also just because, yeah, <laughs> he's just a smart kid. Um, I ha I've met so many girls who had a big crush on Edward Furlong when they were a kid. Yeah, he was on the cover of Teen Beat and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, yeah, he's like, he was the original Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> Works much better here. I guess. No, but I mean, he was like child star, and then his life went to shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did manage a couple other good movies first, but no, I mean, uh, you know, if I'm talking actors, I mean, Christian Bale's obviously like a, a way heavy hitter of an actor, but as far as John Connor presentations, Eddie gets the. Yeah. The... Well, Christian Christian Bale's John Connor ruined that film. Yeah, well, he wasn't supposed to be in it that much, right? Right. That's. Yeah, um, T. Sarah Connor's Sarah Connor Chronicles. John Connor's pretty good. Wait, one more time. Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh, the TV oh, show. Chronicles. That's the word I missed. Yeah. Yeah, his that John Connor's pretty good. That one's fine, but that show, um, it's it's good, but it never quite achieves liftoff. I think. No. I guess because it's not a James Cameron movie, you know, it's and got then going against it. T. Three John Connor was a real like wet rag. He was nothing. He's just there. Yeah. yeah. There are things I like about that movie, but he's not one of them. Right. <laughs> um, I, the other actor, obviously, we need to hit is um, Robert Patrick, which is this is pretty much the only thing that really uh, ever took hold with him. He did like some X Files, I think. Yeah, and, uh, oh and yeah, Fire he took in over. Fire the Sky is a good film. We're doing that eventually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he took over from Mulder, right? But yeah. I mean, that's a pretty thankless job, right? Even if you're the T one thousand. Also, apparently, I haven't watched much X Files. Apparently, his character, a big part of his plot is that he has a photo of a boy that he's trying to find. <laughs> Have you seen this boy? And then, yeah, Wayne's World. Yes, Wayne's World 2 uh, cameo is quite well, I thought Was he Wayne's World? No, he's Wayne's World 1, isn't he? Because the dinosaurs are Wayne's World 2. I'm not sure. And I think I remember thinking, like, ah, this isn't as good as the Terminator 1, which was way more subtle. Yeah, you might be right. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, that, for me, it's like, for him, it's like Terminator 2 and Wayne's World 2, because I definitely was not watching The X-Files once he was there. Right. He's really good, though, because he's got that... He's got that Schwarzenegger, like, relentless machine thing, but then he can switch into that human, like, talking to people thing. Right. So it's, just, it's really creepy watching him, because even without an effect, he transforms. Yeah, well, we get to see him smile a very different way than we get to see uh, the, uh, the T-1000. 
They keep saying T101 in this movie. So T800 is the type of Terminator he is. Model 101 is the model, which I think means... A 101 is the one that looks like Schwarzenegger. Oh, okay, there we a go. T800 is the skeleton inside. Okay, when I was writing my notes, I was like, he's T800. That's the one that, yeah. I guess, has taken hold. I was like, why am I? Why are they saying 101? But, okay, I guess that's why. That's, yeah, that's what I've always assumed. Because they talk about T600 had rubber skin, T800 has biological outer skin. Yeah. I so mean, I assume 101 just means Schwarzenegger. I mean, all of the later, you know, more sleek Terminators are basically just trying to build off the Robert Patrick model. Well, yeah, they. It's like okay, T three. Let's make a, Let's make him a woman. But yeah, after this, they never really have a new original idea for a Terminator. True. Because T three and Dark Fate, both of them, their big idea was just, what if you put them together? Mm. <laughs> what if you put the liquid metal over the skeleton? Right. And then, like, what was Genesis? Like some fucking nano machine. Let's captured John. Connor you know what? Okay, we, we were talking about which ones are the real sequels. Let, let, let's just straight up forget about Genesis. Right, I know, I'm, right I'm here just now. saying. Like, it's <laughs> no. clear no one in Hollywood has had a better idea for another Terminator. Yeah. No, I'm, just, I'm sitting here saying I can't even remember what the deal was in Genesis. Right. Because yeah. I watched it once. I did not rewatch that one for this. But yeah, like, Robert Patrick's great, and his, the T-1000, I guess we'll talk about like effects and design later, but is almost as iconic as the original Terminator. Yeah, and I was embarrassed not looking up the actor's name for Dyson last night. I've got them all here just in case. Okay. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. So he's, he's enough of an actor, I, I like, feel bad like not remember yeah. his name. He's the brother from another planet, right? Ah. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, he's real good in this. Yeah, but, I mean, he, he has a very thankless role. Yeah, but he does deliver it well. And he, more, like, more so than most of this kind of character, like, fucking, what was the guy in Short Circuit who's a war criminal? Howard, was that his name? Oh, right, right. But this guy, guy, you genuinely believe that he, it hadn't occurred to him that it would be military. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's rel- relatively a good heart. I mean, uh, he does go to Raging Waters in the end. Yep. After a little bit of uh, um, needling, but... Uh, and, like, yeah, there's genuine, like, fear and confusion on his face when he doesn't know why Sarah's trying to kill him. <laughs> that said, they did kill the black guy again. Yep, Which of is, course. yeah. But they, the thing with Terminator, they kill everyone. Except the Connors. Yeah, that's true. Every film, so... <laughs> can't get too annoyed. Good point, good point. Um, and his death is great, just the... <gasps> Better get out. I don't know how long I can hold this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's And he gets a pretty stuff. glorious death, that explosion. Yeah, it's definitely good stuff. What, was that the biggest explosion on film at the time? It must have been close. Maybe, like, Hudson Hawk or something had a bigger one, but no yeah. one watched it, so... <laughs> I remember that was that was around the same year, I believe, and was mm. supposed to hit as hard as this and got completely forgotten. Do you even know what I'm talking about? I heard the name, I can't remember. Is it Bruce Willis? Yeah. I always get Hudson Hawk and Dick Tracy confused. <laughs> Dick Tracy is a little bit more successful. Well, that that was the big summer movie of the year before T2. It was Burton Batman. Mm. 1990 was Dick Tracy, although I guess in the end, 1990 didn't really have a big hitter because 1989 had so much stuff, I guess, going on. Right. And then, yeah, 91 was T2, and no one expected this much of a movie. And then was 92 Jurassic Park? I think it was 93. I don't, mm. I don't remember 92, but it, it could have been Jurassic Park. Forever, yeah, maybe, I that that would have been the next, like, big tick in the box, mm. of course. But, um, I mean, this is the first time, like, they really pushed the movie, like, two and a half hours. Yeah. Because Batman and Dick Tracy are still, a, a, you know, somewhere around 90 minutes to two hours. But this film fills those two hours. Yeah, yeah. Like, you get a lot of two-and-a-half-hour films now, and they drag. <laughs> but this one doesn't. Yeah. 
I, I guess just since we were like trying to hardcore films for the podcast, it, it felt a little long, but that's because of the actual running length. And previously, yeah. I just did Son of Kong, right? Which is like an hour 10, so. Yeah, <laughs> 69 minutes, don't forget. Got these mosquitoes around trying to terminate us now. Yep. Here's one. I think one got me. Yeah, one's getting you now. Oh, he's weird. He's all like stripey. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> you flicked him to me. Okay. Hasta la vista. A couple other minor actors I want to touch on. Um, Earl Bowen is Dr. Silberman. Oh, right, because he's in like every Terminator movie somehow. He's in one, two, three. Okay. Is he in Dark Fate? No, that's the one thing Dark Fate didn't have. Ah, okay. I don't even know if he was still alive by Dark Fate. That may have been the case because he didn't look so young here. No, he's alive. Okay. He's 79 years old. So yeah, he could have done it, but they would have, it would have been shoehorned in. Yeah, and maybe he just couldn't have been bothered. Like his know. T3 cameo was a bit shoehorned in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he'd have turned him down if they'd offered him a big check and said, mm -mm. come and do a cameo, but... Uh, other tiny actors, little actors. Well, Smaller and Schwarzenegger, at least. Yeah, well, we've got um, Todd and Janelle. Okay. Not great. She gets the best kill of the film. She does get a good kill. Uh, but she's also she's Vasquez from Aliens. Well, no, the best kill of the film is, hey, man, do you need some help? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was a dick move. Well, let's get to that section because probably my... Oh, I thought so. Sorry, I'll get to that in a second. He keeps coming up. Um, my favorite character in the film, I don't even know if he has a name. I think that's him, Moshe? At the end of the car chase, they're going through the... The trucks are all getting smashed up. And then you have the little, the little farm, um, gardener guy in his little truck. And he's just got like that comedy voice. He's like, <laughs> oh, are you okay? <laughs> oh, no. Jumps up. Well, at least he doesn't get stabbed, <laughs> he's right? He's fantastic. He just turns up at like the height, the tension, the action, <laughs> and does this like little comedy kids TV show character. I love him. What a hero. <laughs> no, um, so the leader of the SWAT guys that come in, is um, Dean Norris, who was in Total Recall and is the guy from Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. So. I keep forgetting that he's been in stuff in like the 80s and 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, sort of, I saw him in this and I thought, oh, he kind of looks like Hank. And he's playing like a SWAT cop guy. So you could almost say that is the character from Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, so but I was like, no, I don't think it is him. So but it was. Doing a couple decades earlier. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, the vehicular action here. Mm. You know, we we haven't done all the Mad Maxes yet, but I mean, we got Fury Road in the mind. I, I'm I'm wondering how we rate it. I feel like I feel like it's not quite George, it's quite good, but it's not quite George Miller. I love it. It is good. Is the it? Um, maybe it's not spectacle great, but it's tense. Right. When the truck is chasing that bike and you've got the music going and it's like he's right on his heel, he's bumping into him. It's visceral like you're like oh god it's gonna get him that i really feel and yeah. then yeah the vehicular action the peak is at the end when schwarzenegger jumps onto the other truck unloads into the t-1000 then rolls the truck i, I like his jumping the bike off of the um That's, the end of the uh yeah LA but it, it, have you watched thing. that scene closely 
Yeah, it doesn't look like him at all. No, and also it goes from a pointed end to suddenly it's a really wide thing that he's jumping off. Oh, I was too distracted by it. <laughs> but yeah, the clear stunt double. double, right? That's yeah. some, like TOS Star Trek stunt doubling right there. That, that definitely stood out to me uh, for that particular sequence watching right. this time. That, that guy doesn't really look like Schwarzenegger at all. But I can understand why he to... wouldn't let the biggest star in the world jump a motorbike off a ledge. So. No, now you can just paint their face on, I guess, right. so you can do that. But... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, it is good stuff. I'm just, how about Fast and Furious? How does, how does this compare to Fast and Furious car action for you? Fast and Furious car action is, like, insane. Not necessarily actually good. Right. Okay, <laughs> whereas this one actually is, like, well-made and stuff. You never feel like you're, like, in the seat with them in Fast and Furious. Mm. You're, just, you're just enjoying seeing some nonsense. <laughs> Maybe in the earlier ones where it was more about the car racing, but then it's just racing. It's not, like... Not, like, wild, like... Car chase thriller stuff, Over right. the ice and... Strapping yourself to torpedoes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever he does. Yeah, I love all that shit, but it's not really. You don't you don't feel it the way you do the action here. Right, right. But yeah, this again goes back to the the thing we keep saying. The reason this film's so good is that although the action's great, it always serves a story. Yes. Moving something forward. That's why the digital still works because obviously it's aged. Mm. I mean, it's just like gloopy silver. But it serves a story because the T-1000 actually is gloopy silver. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they use it very minimally. And it doesn't... It never looks bad. No. Like, yeah, like you say, because it, it is meant to look like what it looks like. Yeah. It definitely goes thin creepy at the end, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's all, like, puppets and animatronics by that point. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, no, the... Um, when he's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When he melts, it's thing. CG, but... Um, one of the famous things about this film, the CG was so... They were trying to do things so ahead of their time, they basically just had to stop and paint every frame. <laughs> <laughs> they were just making it in Photoshop. So... When it starts getting that ridiculous. So the abyss didn't really work, all out, work out all the kinks then? No. When he's just like a blob, it's CGI. Right. But any time he's like actually got a face, they're having to really manually do that bit by bit. <laughs> but it looks amazing. Yes. And it just gels so well with... Robert Patrick's performance. Yeah, I guess my one disappointment is just how, how quickly the, um, the sunglasses disappear. He definitely looks cool with them. Yeah, but then he, the way he puts on the sunglasses is like, people who don't like T2, they always point to that being the scene where it's like, see, it's not as good as the Terminator. Because the Terminator, he puts on the glasses for a reason. It's so Here it's just like, Schwarzenegger looks cool in glasses, so he puts them on to look cool. <laughs> and then bad to the bone plays. <laughs> But you have, to be, you have to be in the right mood to just go along with that kind of a ride. Yeah, but I, this, I mean, come on. We have to admit there's you know, Schwarzenegger star power coming in at this point, so you can't... God, just, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The, the first one is The Terminator, starring Schwarzenegger. T2 is Schwarzenegger, Terminator 2. Exactly. I don't think anyone is going to argue with you that Terminator 2 is not a good film. But is it a good sequel? It kind of makes the Terminator the prequel, doesn't it? In a way, yeah. It's very huge. So if, if the Terminator is your jam, which I have mentioned before, for me, like, I, I kind of do, in the end, prefer the first one a little bit. Mm. Um, 
so in that way, I guess it's, I don't know, it builds on everything, right? Yeah. I mean, to me, I like them as a pair. They work quite well as a pair. You never knew them not as a pair, so. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but Terminator's time travel rules are very solid, right? When we watched that film, in we were like, everything right. in this film works by its own rules. Right, here it's getting T2 a little comes wonky. in and breaks those rules. But that's the no fate. The, the, you, yeah. got, you got the no fate tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I don't mind that because it might, it's like the sheer force of Sarah's will changes that. Well, <laughs> it yeah. Changes the rules of time. I love that. If you, you know, I, what did I just hear the, the way to contact the, the beyond the spirit world is through imagination, right? Mm -hmm. So her imagination is uh, quite fierce. Yeah. <laughs> she refuses that future and she manages to change it. I love that. But as, so if you're just like a big old sci-fi nerd, mm. I can see it being very frustrating that it doesn't stick to the same time travel rules. Yeah. So time travel rules aside, I guess the question at hand is, which is the best sequel then? Are we getting there now? Okay, let's start that here. <laughs> so Terminator and Terminator 2, as a pair, I would say are perfect. Yeah, I don't actually have any issues there. But which sequel to Terminator 2 is the acceptable third in that series? Hmm. When Terminator 3 came out, and so it was just a trilogy, T1, T2, T3, I really enjoyed that film. Same I love, here. Um, I love it as just, like I think I said it in Terminator 1 podcast, it's just a 90-minute roast of Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it, it didn't push the ball forward in any way. It but didn't do anything new. But it's reasonably satisfying just to enjoy some Terminator action. Right. And, and I do love the end scene with the apocalyptic, you know, like uh, hidey hole. I love it for the balls it had to do that. I hate it because it fucks over everything I just said that I love about T2. Yeah, so okay, that makes the that whole, somewhat the bad. The whole message of T2, like there is no fate, and then Terminator 3 turns up and says, there is fate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's look at Salvation and Genesis as sequels, I guess. Salvation could be a sequel to 3 if, if you squint. Okay. But, see, I don't hate Salvation. I don't feel much about it either way. It feels like just a little spin-off. I, Salvation and Genesis both. Salvation, maybe I've seen twice. Mm. The first time I convinced myself to like it, and the second time I didn't like it so much. Genesis I watched once and didn't have a bad feeling coming out of the theater, but have basically never thought about it since. Oh, and, and while I do like the actor, that John Connor is absolute crap. Yeah. Uh, so Salvation I watched in the theater, then bought the DVD and watched quite a few times. I like it just because I like seeing, you know, Terminators and robots and fighting. Mm. I don't think it's a good film or an interesting plot or has good performances or matters in any way. Right. Genesis I saw once and hated with an absolute passion. <laughs> and it, you know, basically broke down my relationship with my parents who told me it was good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I guess the idea is here in 2020, we have uh, mostly scrapped those movies or made them like weird alternate realities because James yeah. Cameron, not directing, but obviously was back uh, producing with Dark Fate and had a hand on the... Uh, on the motion of that movie. So is that make it most legitimate that the, I mean, George Lucas certainly didn't do the best with his creations. Right, yeah, I don't necessarily think that is what makes it the most legitimate. But having gone back and, so this week I watched Terminator, then the next night Terminator 2, then the night after that Terminator Dark Fate. As a trio, they work. I think so. They all feel like they had things to say. Mm -hmm. um, Sarah Connors and Linda Hamilton's um, progression through the three films works fantastically. Uh, Schwarzenegger is playing a different role in each one really well. Mm. 
Um, Watching T2 again, there was definitely sort of a pallor over John Connor if you go with Dark Fate as the next one, because, well, yeah. all of this is for naught, because he's about to get capped. But, then, but it, in Terminator 2, the start of the film is like, no, we must protect John. But then it's kind of John is like, no, we can, there's more to it. Mm -hmm. It's John who decides, no, let's save Dyson and try and change the future. So John Connor would be cool. So John Connor does, although when we get to Dark Fate, John Connor doesn't survive, he did save the world. Right. Him and Sarah saved the world in T2. For a while. And, and like we did mention, it seemed the body count was lower in the Dark Fate. Well, they, they saved the world from Skynet, it's just that there happens to be another AI later. Yeah, yeah. But who knows, maybe Daddy can save the world from that one, right? <laughs> so although there is a sad end to John's story, I don't think it undermines his character arc in T2. Mm. Because everyone else just wanted him to hide in a bunker and wait for a judgment right. day. Right. And he's like, no, let's save the world now even if it puts me in danger. It just makes T2 a little more of a bummer than it used to be. A little. <laughs> but what I love, I think, I think if I look at the series, the three films myself, it definitely peaks in T2. T1's good, but not quite enough spectacle, and I like Arnie being the good guy. Mm -hmm. T2 is just perfect to me. And then Dark Fate is not as good as T2, probably not even as good as T1, mm. but it doesn't shit the bed. Oh, not at all. And I, yeah, I think those three films, if someone asked me what is the Terminator trilogy, I would happily say, Terminator, Judgment Day, Dark Fate works. I'm, I'm pretty much down with that, with um, the others being like, you know, your alternate world graphic novels or something. Well, Salvation, I do just see as like, here's a fan film about the future. Mm. Fine, it works. <laughs> Terminator 3, I just see as like a, a comedy Schwarzenegger special, which is fine. <laughs> I love Schwarzenegger comedies and it's a good one, right? Mm. But of course, it's not part of the real Terminator series. Right. Genesis doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah Connor, until this, until Dark Fate, I would have said that was my real sequel to T2. Yeah, I agree, but... But again, it doesn't do anything new. Well, just as, I mean, something that people don't give enough credit is the films really are Linda Hamilton just as much as they are Schwarzenegger. Big time. <laughs> I think that is one of the biggest factors in what Dark Fate, makes Dark Fate feel like the truest third right. film. And I think everything else I love about Dark Fate probably came from having Linda in there. Yes. Because they had Linda in there, then they could do something new with Sarah's story, then they could have a new message, they could actually do things. So yeah, I think, yeah, maybe more than Schwarzenegger, Linda is the key to a Terminator film. Because she, she doesn't show up till quite late in Dark Fate. She's the protagonist, right? Yeah. Of, of these films. <laughs> it's like, she's the protagonist and Schwarzenegger is the special effect, the gimmick. Yeah. It's like, you know. Some good one-liners. In Iron Man, um, Robert Downey Jr. is the protagonist, and then the Iron Man suit is a special. Schwarzenegger's like that suit, right? <laughs> He's there to do cool things and be fun to look at, but you don't necessarily care much. Yeah, with better one-liners, of course. Although T2 does, I do really like the Terminator plot. Yes. That's where my obsession with I want to be friends with a robot comes from, right? <laughs> and from, because I watched T2 so much as a kid, and like, when my mum stopped me watching Schwarzenegger films, I turned to Short Circuit. <laughs> and then eventually I got into Transformers. And yeah, I, I want to be friends with a robot. <laughs> That's why I moved to Japan. <laughs> and yeah, the ending, man. I know now why you cry. <laughs> but it's something I could never do. Mm. And then the, the thumb. Oh, right, right. Well, you've brought that up in multiple other movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a great ending. Yeah, it is. Perfect one for this film. So, I have guess you I, seen the deleted ending? Uh, I think I have, but please remind me. So it's like 20 years later, 
on like the date that would have been when Kyle went back, I think. Mm-mm-mm. And Sarah's like elderly and sat in a park watching John play with his kids. Mm. And I was like, oh, we saved the future. John now, you know, he's host, he saves the day in a different world in Congress, something stupid like that. Right. And it's like, I've I, seen it I like it more that they, the point of the ending is, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. And that is, that's enough. Mm. So yeah, I think that ending would have undercut it. And then you definitely wouldn't have got any of the sequels. I love the action, the spectacle, special effects, obviously. I love the characters and the story. I love Schwarzenegger and his one-liners. I love Schwarzenegger's muscles. <laughs> Although, he's not quite as big as he was in T1, but that was bodybuilder Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I was about to say, this he's not, he's not quite commando, yeah. This is actor Schwarzenegger, though, yeah. but he's still insane. No, he was pretty <laughs> ripped through the 90s. Yep. Um, the thing I forgot to mention is I also love the music. Yeah. Like, you brought up, like... Um, Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses and stuff like that. Eh, <laughs> I could take or leave. But the score is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's got those nice synthscapes and all that. Yeah. And, and, and swells when it needs to. Yeah, the bit I forgot, which T1 and T2 have, but none of the others have, including Dark Fate, is when it gets like techno and synthy and 80s and sci fi in the heroic moments. Yeah, yeah. The one I always remember from T1 is um, when Kyle busts her out of the police station. Right. You start getting that real, like, 80 stuff. I yeah, love that. Yeah, yeah. And you get a few moments of that here as well. Normally, when just when Schwarzenegger's fucking shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Guy's Gatling gun, whatever, yeah. Mini gun. Uh, fun fact do you know how they moved that thing around on set? With a Gatling gun? Yeah, the minigun. Yeah. Schwarzenegger. No one else could lift it. <laughs> so if they wanted that to be somewhere, they had to get Arnold to move it. Did they pay him extra, like, union wage? I don't think you can pay Schwarzenegger more than they already did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought they'd also, like, tack on, like, a little union wage for... He's probably not part of the union, though. Yeah, not, not that union. The union so. probably complained that he was moving it and demanded a crane. Yeah, as well, say. <laughs> well, that's the thing. For, like, for him, it probably wasn't even difficult to move it. <laughs> <laughs> what? You guys have a problem with this? I don't get it. <laughs> This is the last of, like, the... Because I've, I've always had this theory that all through the 80s, it must have been in his contract somewhere that he has to have some feat of strength in every film. <laughs> Whereas this, I guess you've got him dragging open the safe and you've got him holding the minigun. But oh. it's nothing like throwing cars down tree hills and stuff. Well, and he had to carry around the minigun. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. that's behind the scenes, I guess, but that, that's yeah. a show of strength. Well, yeah, the, that's one a of the iconic images of this film is either him on the bike or just him with that minigun just... It's not very mini, is it? No, I think they're mini because, like, in terms of the things you would put on a vehicle, they're mini. Or a <laughs> they're not meant to be held right. by people, right? <laughs> but any time I'm in, like, a video game or something and I get to use one of them, I feel like Schwarzenegger. And then in Splatoon 2, there was a level with the minigun and it was actually called Hasta La Vista, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, they get it. So after um, the movie It Didn't Happen Genesis, mm. I mean, the Terminator franchise definitely cooled off. Yeah. Right? I mean, people at that point were basically, ah, T1, T2, that's it. Yeah. If, if they even thought about the Terminator anymore. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what has Dark Fate done for the legacy of, of... I think for Terminator fans, the ones of us who were like, I love T1 and T2, I'm going to keep hoping they make a good one. I think it did restore faith. Mm. Every Terminator fan I've spoken to about it did like it. It's done nothing in the public consciousness. No, it wasn't very successful in the end, was it? I think the next Terminator film we'll get will be about 10 years from now, <laughs> and it'll be a straight-up remake. Mm. Complete reboot. Like, do the original again, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to get now. Mm-hmm. Unless we're, like, already living in the Skynet future by that point. We'll be borderline now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it will be a good film. It will be interesting in the way that it uses the modern drones and stuff. I think everyone will hate it because it makes too many changes to the original <laughs> and doesn't have any of the charm or the gore. Yeah. Like the Robocop film. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was what was coming to mind for me. Yep. Well, in 10 years, will we really have a functioning Hollywood is question one. Well, no, it won't be made in Hollywood. It'll be made in wherever films are being made then. Yeah, yeah. Bollywood, I guess. Yeah. I think there's been like 10 Terminators in Bollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, or Turkish remakes of Terminator. That I don't know. Can, can Hollywood function without the child slave trade? Like, <laughs> Are actors going to be able to act without all the kiddies to diddle? How does Bollywood function? Well, I mean, I'm not even going to go there because I don't know enough about India to not say yeah. something racist. <laughs> I, I just I just want long musical numbers in my Terminator films. I would love that. <laughs> we borderline get that. It's, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So it's weird because these films, like, of course, they very much held up. Mm. Uh, we're, I'm talking one and two. Maybe took a little flack from their sequels. Three, not so much. I mean, I don't think that really soured anyone's taste of the Terminator franchise. It's like, oh, it's like, whatever. No one was up there saying it was as good as the other two. Yeah. But we all just enjoyed it for what it was. Salvation and Genesis, though, got people, like, I, I think a little raw on, I raw on the I franchise. Feel like, I don't, maybe I'm remembering wrong. I don't think anyone thought anything about Salvation. So, like, oh, that came out. Okay. <laughs> I remember, I, re I think the big focus on there was uh, Bale, like, you know, being a prick on... on well, set. yeah, because we got the Bale, that, that's where the... You and me are done professionally. That <laughs> clip leaks wrong. Yeah, I think that's probably the Sam Worthington, we all thought he was going to be a star and he wasn't. That's because he was so boring. And it kind of came out that Bale ruined that film, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And I think that film came out while Sarah Connor Chronicles was running. Somewhere, I feel I, like they were, yeah. all, if not concurrent, they were very close together. Kind of Star Trek thing where the movies and the TV yeah, yeah. have a like, full-on split at some point. But that was a weird point where that was a thing. But then they both introduced a very similar character or something. I don't remember. Yeah, I do remember a lot of people being like, eh, I'm going to take the Sarah Connor route. Which I, well, I mean, I saw all of it, but yeah, I definitely. I was big into it at the time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a pretty good show, yeah. But yeah, I, it's odd. I feel like, I mean, T2, I think will always be remembered as like the peak of the summer blockbuster, right? Oh, yeah. At least for a time. Well, the R-rated summer blockbuster. Well, yeah. the Matrix might be a good tender there too, but... Yeah, but between this and The Matrix, what other R-rated summer blockbusters were there? Right, that's about it. So. Yeah. so, I don't think anything will completely tarnish the legacy of Terminator and Terminator 2. Mm. Because they're straight-up masterpieces. It basically invented half of the genres we have in Hollywood today. Right, but they made some, no, some worthy attempts to do so. Yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah, Dark Fate was just, maybe, maybe it was too little too late. Yeah, well... It, again, it was enough for Terminator fans, right? Yeah, but it, it if Dark Fate had come out doing what Dark Fate did, you know... Like a 99 or something. Oh, yeah, if, 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 it, if it, that had come out instead of T3, what a film. Yes. <laughs> We'd be like, wow, what a perfect trilogy, right? But <laughs> Oops. It didn't quite happen. Well, I guess James Cameron should have stuck around instead of... Well, James Cameron wanted to. <laughs> um, James Cameron would have done T3. Mm -hmm. They said you can direct but not write. 
And he's like, well, fuck you, I made these characters, I'm not doing yeah, that. Yeah, that's kind of annoying, isn't it? <laughs> How did that happen? I have no studios. Okay, yeah, studios. Yep. Well, I, uh, I think Car- Carlico, they must have gone bankrupt like shortly after this. Maybe yeah. because of this, I don't know. Because, I mean, this is almost like a half-independent film. Right. Like, it's definitely on the fringes of Hollywood. It's not like a major studio. I mean, major studio distribution, sure. But right. it wasn't quite a major studio film. Was this like a Empire Strikes Back kind of thing where it was Cameron's own money? I think it was more studio than that. Right. Because the Star Wars tr- original, well, the first, all the Lucas Star Wars are basically straight up independent films that are being distributed. Yeah. This one I don't think is quite that far right. on, but um, I, I mean, it's just, it was on like a smaller studio, mm. right? Then Tad, you know, got. Now right. we have, what, like eight credits at the start of a movie because of that, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because when I watched Dark Fate, I'd forgotten it has Tencent in the credits. Is what? Tencent. Oh, really? Yeah, the big okay. Chinese company. Yeah, so because they show you like eight now, it's like, boo, 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 right? Yep. This is still at least that one because it's this one somewhat middle-range studio doing it, like Orion or something, or yeah. Orion doing Bill and Ted, I guess, which I, they did stick at the new Bill and Ted, which is pretty fun, because I don't think we've seen that logo for years. Yeah, I don't even know if that company still exists. They yeah, or, or Carlico for that. the license to stick it in there, Point, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so, T2, we still love it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we always ask the question, does it hold up? And that feels kind of moot on this one. We don't really need to do that. I mean, we already talked about kind of the message of the movie anyway, too, so, you know, I mean, no fate, basically. Is yeah, well, yeah, I've got no fate tattooed on my arm for a reason. Like, right, right, fate. <laughs> I've, I've, have I told you what a depressing number of people have thought that tattoo said? What? They've only seen half it and thought I had no fat chicks tattooed on my arm. <laughs> 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 Whoa, that'd be a horrendous thing to have. <laughs> you, you remember my first reaction? You think I said, like, no... F- I no some, or something? No, I had somehow crossed... I decided you were, like, obsessed with Lost or something. Which I think he actually wrote, not Penny's boat, and somehow it's <laughs> <laughs> <was> no fate. <laughs> I, mean, I did really like Lost, but I never got as far as getting not Penny's boat tattooed on me. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I once watched an interview of a guy who had like 20 Lost tattoos. Did he have a not Penny's boat one? Probably, but I, I had, he had like the lighthouse, he had this and that. On the one point. I remember was that he had the Lost numbers on his wrist. But that's not okay, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad luck. But you don't get numbers on your wrist. <laughs> oh, right. Well, oh, you mean like right here? Like, uh, yeah, like right there. That's forearm, you get forearm. Yeah. Wrist? I was thinking like a circle around the wrist. Oh, no, no, no. Like on the you know, oh, way you okay. cut a few Yeah, circle around the wrist. I could, I mean, I wouldn't do that, but I could, yeah. you know, that at least wouldn't piss anyone off too much, I think. But yes, right. if you have them going straight down your forearm, that's a bit of an issue. Yes. <laughs> Um, if you want to talk to us about issues, where might one talk to us about those issues? You can find Matt's music. Oh, you, oh just talk about the, Fuck it. I did it wrong. You can find the podcast on Twitter at MLSFSPod. And you can find it on Facebook if you search Matt and Luke Sci-Fi Sanctuary. It's on iTunes and your podcasting app of choice if you search Matt and Luke Sci-Fi Sanctuary. Please leave us a rating and review. I don't even know if we've ever had one. It would be nice. Early, no one cares. early November. Are we thinking Monster Hunter or Pokemon there? Oh, well, I was, the reason I flubbed then because I didn't know what I was going to plug. Oh, okay. You know, you played Mario, right? Yeah, I was just Do you remember Mario. the Shy Guys? No, not the Shy Guys, the Dry Bones. Yeah. The little skeletons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they can suck. only be killed in two ways. Mm. Freeze them and shatter them, mm-hmm. or drop them in magma. Right. They're T-1000s. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, it's the 35th anniversary of Mario this year, and I've been doing 35-second reviews of every Mario game. <laughs> so you can find them on my Twitter, at Buskalili, on my Instagram, at Buskalili, or on my YouTube channel, at Buskalili, but with ones instead of L's. 
<laughs> you set a timer? Well, I just record a 35 second review. Okay. And then edit some video under it, stick it on. I guess some people are into short, yeah. Okay, because we're also, not- they're, they're fun. Yeah, we're not so short here, are we? No. No, we were yeah, the reason I'm plugging that is because I'm not sure which of my other podcasts to plug right now. Okay. You're probably sick of hearing me mention them anyway. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter, you'll know about the other stuff I do. It's something new, it's cool. Uh, my music's at rovingsagemedia.bandcamp.com. There you go. I guess it's better when you do it anyway. Okay, I, I know you have uh, a way out of this podcast. Or not. I forgot what I was going to say. No, I did have one. Oh, I'll give you a minute to work that one out. Maybe some like... No, because uh, he says like something, something dickwad. Oh, I'll do the hold music while you're thinking about it. Get out. Okay, sure. <laughs> go with that one. That was at one point the only line that was in all three Terminators. I'll be back sign the third? No, he keeps doing like variations. Uh, She'll be back. I'm cool. back. That's cool. Oh, Terminator 1 and 2 are the best I'll be backs. Right. Anyway, listeners, we'll be back. You'll be back, I hope. Your mum will be back. highlight deep intensities of the chessboard, perambulations along the thankers on wheel of life, in channelations of Gnostic rites. You'll test alchemies on Yggdrasil and hyperspace, through peeping beyond dusty confines of the soapbox world.
From the gene pool of hard knocks, you've chose to become a roving sage. Look upon the next equinox, the barter rider of the purple age.